This is your WWE Podcast Week in Review. Tonight, I've got Memphis Mark back after many months, too many months, of being absent from the show, and he's back to co-host with me tonight, talking about everything this week in WWE, at least the major stories, a history lesson or two, a few rants, and a whole lot of passion. So we're going to get everything going right after this. Are you looking for some relief or just need relief at the end of the day, but CBD just isn't cutting it? Try Delta 8 THC, CBD's older brother that actually works and makes you feel relaxed. Delta Munchies is revolutionizing the way you consume cannabis by skipping the dispensary and shipping straight to your door. Derived from 100% American-made hemp, and they come in a variety of products ranging from vapes, delicious gummies, tinctures, and more. So skip the line and find relief with Delta Munchies. Head to deltamunchies.com, that's deltamunchies.com, and use the code WWE20 for 20% off your order, guys. Head on over to deltamunchies.com and get 20% off your order by putting in the code WWE20, WWE20. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome everybody to the WWE Podcast. Really excited to be here with you guys tonight as we round out this week in review and we come to you on this Sunday, May 22nd, 2022. We're, my God, nearly in June. How does this happen, right? I don't know. But uh, I wa- want to welcome everybody to the show, and specifically one of our newest patrons, Whisper in the Wind. So taking a cue from Jeff Hardy's move set and welcome Whisper in the Wind. Whisper in the Wind, which we'll get a real name shortly, uh, will be joining us for a week in review in the near future. Uh, we're going to have several new co-hosts as many of you are joining that 10 dear 10 dear $10 tier and higher on Patreon, which allows you to get onto the podcast and host a show with me. And uh, many of you have took me up on that. So we're going to have many others join us here, different voices that you've never heard before from Patreon and other places. So that's a that's a good thing, right? Diversity of voices on this show is good. You don't need to hear my monotone voice too much. And hopefully you're not operating heavy machinery when you're listening to me, because as I said uh, before, many of you have told me that you fall asleep to my voice, which uh, I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or not, but uh, you're listening and that's the most important thing. So thank you for joining me here on the WWE podcast. Uh, we did have a show that I uh, just recorded with Memphis Mark. I actually just hung up with him on our Skype call and <clears throat> the uh, audio quality on his end is going to improve. He, I think he sounded fine, but he doesn't sound like I sound to you right now in terms of clarity and audio and, and, um, uh, volume, but 
I am going to do the best I can to, to piece it together. He is still piecing together his little podcasting studio down there in Mullet Manor. So bear with us. But I, I think it's definitely listenable. But I wanted to let you know up front that, uh, yes, we, I am aware that, uh, you know, his audio isn't isn't 100% great, but definitely worth the listen, no doubt. So we have a great show coming for you guys tonight, about an hour and a half that we talked. And then tomorrow I'll be back with Anthony DeMarco as we discuss the current state of the WWE. Lots to discuss there. And then Tuesday's the uh, weekend, or rather the uh, Monday Night Raw review. Guys, sorry, it's after midnight. My brain is functioning on like 10% capacity here. But we're going to be doing the Monday Night Raw review on Tuesday, the mailbag on Wednesday, and so forth as we get into your week. It's going to be your normal regularly scheduled programming for this week in WWE. I'd encourage you to go VIP on our website. Use promo code Roman to get 50% off your first month. You can also join us on Apple Podcasts with your uh, 99 cents a month option with ad-free everything or on Patreon. Many of you have taken us up on that option. Patreon does offer hundreds of ad-free shows, Discord server, and a whole lot more, including a shout-out that you just heard Coming on the show, you, there's merchandise if you go in the higher tiers. There's mugs and T-shirts and things like that. So definitely consider patreon.com slash WWE podcast for all of your wrestling needs. If you want to talk and, and, and really be able to talk with a really just a passionate wrestling community, Discord server is available. That link is available to everyone that signs up, no matter what the tier is. Also, last thing I'll say. I'm aware that during my interview or my discussion, I should say, with Mark and others that I, you hear the Discord little jingle going on in the background. I tried to close the damn thing. It would not close for me. I, I was aware that it was going off while I was talking to Memphis Mark. And I know you're going to hear Discord notifications. So I'm aware they're there. I don't mean for them to be. But I was frantically trying to close the damn app. But it would not close. I was about to chuck my computer out the window here. But... I didn't, and so now, if you didn't hear it, that's what you're going to be listening for, and if you did hear it, at least you know that I acknowledge it, but all right, that's enough of my chatter. Let's get to Memphis Mark and myself talking about everything, well, at least not everything, but the big ticket items going on this week in WWE. Of course, you're going to have history lessons with Memphis Mark. You don't ex expect anything less, but a lot of them are very... They're just so much fun to listen to. It's no, I don't want to say it's like story time with your grandparents because I'm not trying to say that. You know, I, I know that he's not quite that old as some of, of your grandparents, but it does kind of give that vibe, right? Like those of you who may not know somebody that is beyond your age that is a wrestling fan, I think that this is going to be a breath of fresh air as uh, we bring in male voices, female voices, young and old talk about this week in wwe that's what's great about this show i think so anyway mark thank you for joining me and i'll be looking forward to chatting with you on well twitter wherever so thank you everybody for listening i'll be back tomorrow night with anthony demarco until then take care enjoy the show and i'll see you next time welcome everybody to your wwe podcast week in review it is sunday may 22nd 2022 and we've got somebody with us that hasn't been on in several months, but you know him. You've heard him in, in, in the weekly voicemails. Memphis Mark is back to join us to talk about everything going on in WWE. And uh, welcome back to the show, buddy. How's everything over there at Mullet Manor? Mullet Manor is progressing. We're building a studio. We're, we're, we're building a food forest in the backyard to become self-sufficient. 
we're really rock and rolling down here in the heart of where wrestling really started making money in Memphis, Tennessee. How's it going, Matt? Well, it is. That's good to hear, and it is. Uh, it's going pretty well up here as well. We are. We're separated by about a thousand miles or so, but uh, you know, hey, summer's right around the corner. It was ninety-five degrees and humid as hell here today, so things are rocking and rolling. And uh, yeah, as far I mean, wrestling really, I think, couldn't be hotter in some ways, not in all all the good ways, but particularly, I want to pick your brain on something that happened over this past week that is behind the camera that some people are still calling a potential work. Now, I don't think that's the mainstream belief, but I've I've heard rumors here and there that the whole Sasha Naomi women's tag team title uh, walkout was a work. I don't believe it to be so. Um, but what what are your thoughts on Sasha and Naomi and that whole deal with them walking out on WWE management? Well, you know, that is actually a great question, and I had actual notes on that. So I'm amazed that our minds met up like that. But I've got to take a different approach to this. I'm going to look at this as my opinion only, my opinion. But if you were to be pissed off and you were to have the credibility to walk up to your boss and possibly say, I don't like this. And they tell you to hush and you, because your husband maybe might be able to get a DUI not get kicked off the WWE. I mean, that's a whole other show. Uh, but if you had that kind of clout, sometimes, now this is according to my research, sometimes the best angles become or are started by an angle like maybe they were pissed and maybe somebody in creative went you know hey look i like this carry on piss them off maybe send somebody over there to get them a little riled up hey there's an angle that's writing my friend it is and and i agree that a lot of times that the that a lot of things that are real life events they can monetize them and turn them into a a more embellished version of that on camera but i i do have my hesitations to believe that this is a angle of any kind only because they had a lot of quote unquote i guess genuine news outlets that never report on wrestling ever like the new york post Right, unless there's like death in wrestling, they never post on it. Uh, you know, other other news sites as well. Uh, and I don't believe that they would have picked up the story if it was a wrestling angle. Those are not the you know the sports kitas of the world and the bleacher reports of the world that report on almost everything or wrestling Inc or whatever. Tons of websites. This you have many credible news outlets that just never report on wrestling unless there's something that's happening that's beyond the storyline stuff. So I, I just don't believe that 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 would even not that would not be good press because also the story going around is that they felt disrespected that that they felt that for a long time and also that they felt unsafe with two of the workers in that six pack challenge 
that was supposed to take place on Raw. Again, none of that is good PR, especially considering that we all know the women's tag division has been a hot, total mess for a long period of time. And it just it doesn't sit right with me, given that I, I don't think they'd want that stuff out in the news that, that, as real stories. So my take is I don't think it's a real uh, I don't think it's a work. I do believe it to be legitimate. Now, that's not to say they won't take it and turn it into something else, but the origins of this is real in my mind. Well, now, it definitely could be. Now, I could totally be wrong on this, but I'm just going by. This sounds like a classic work, uh, especially since they're going against some old-school writing in AEW. And, and these guys are pulling some stops out over there. And if you want to bring some attention to the ladies' division, bring up the disgruntled worker. You know, it's it just a but. I totally see where you're going, my friend. I do. And, you know, I also thought about that, you know, in Sasha and Naomi. Who uh, you know? It's it's much more more surprising, I think, for Naomi than Sasha. Given that Sasha has hinted at the fact that she is not happy in WWE, she hinted at it during the Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions podcast a number of uh, months ago, and uh, Naomi just kind of following suit. It, it, you know, I don't know if she's just kind of following the bigger star and doing what Sasha's doing as well and, and, and just kind of going with whatever Sasha wanted to do. When Naomi kind of had a nice little gig going on, she was more relevant in the last month or two than she was in like the last six to 12 months. It's a little bit strange uh, that Naomi, I think, even more so than Sasha. Sasha is a made made woman. She can go and do whatever she wants. Naomi, on the other hand, I think was a little bit more in the in the uh, camp of needing WWE to continue her career. But uh, so now we're going to have a tournament. We'll decide who the next women's tag team title uh, champions are. But I, I really don't know who's left in the division. They keep throwing people together to create the illusion of a division, and there isn't a division. I think they just and they made that for WrestleMania. They they threw four teams together that weren't ex- in existence like a couple of weeks prior, and then all of a sudden, the three out of the four of those disappear two weeks after WrestleMania. I mean, there really is no women's tag team division. I would actually be more on the on the side of just completely eradicating the women's tag titles and doing away with it, just silently burying them until there's an actual division. I, I'm not a fan of having more championships just to try to make it look like they're on equal footing with the men, when in reality, they're not ready for a women's tag team division. That's how I feel anyway. They haven't developed that talent out, but I will say this one thing. I want your opinion on this. Raquel, mm. uh, they built, they did not know how to build China when they had China. And, and, and she was involved with Triple H, so she got caught up in that storyline. But in a non, uh, in a OSHA correct world uh, that we live in today, uh, Raquel, has the tools, has the freaking ability, I think, to be uh, that big to, like, put her up there with the men wrestlers in the future now. Now, a raw talent. But this, this I don't want to say this D is badass, man. I mean, she is, 
she can and she can do the moves. She can do everything multi-language. Uh, she's a a a a. Uh, to me, as a promoter type person, that's a talent. Yeah, Raquel is a she's a huge, I mean, huge woman, and I mean that in a respectful way. I mean, she is a six, six foot, foot. She's six yeah. feet. She feels like a giant in that division, and you know that is something that I mean, when you look at her standing next to anybody, you're like, how tall is this woman? And she's not only tall, but got a very muscular natural. yeah natural muscular frame but not in a kind of i guess in a way that makes her look unnatural it just it, it all fits and she also has uh, she's pretty i mean so she's got all she's, the tools she's it, new to the fitness program now matt yeah think about this she and think about her uh, uh think about everybody look at randy orton when he started he was a physical a physical specimen great looking guy everything once he got into that WWE uh, program of the working out and, and pretty much keep your ass straight and narrow, you know, uh, uh, and, and work out and on a regiment and you have the trainers, this, this woman now, I'm telling you, uh, uh, on down the road, uh, look, Omos has surprised me with the training that he's gotten. Uh, uh, I mean, Omos, uh, uh, people compared him to Kevin Nash. I'm sorry, Omos, to me, is so far in front of what Kevin Nash was when he was standing behind Shawn Michaels, put it, pulling up on his little glove, looking outside the ring. Omos is in the ring doing this. This girl is in the ring doing it, man. Yeah, it, that's a good analogy, you know, or some people try to draw that analogy, and, and I'm with you about Omos. I mean, I, I guess I'll transition there a little bit because Omos this past week had a match, in this, a steel cage match, uh, and you know, with Bobby Lashley, and I thought that Omos continues to improve. And while I had my concerns at the beginning, given his size and his limitations, and you'd figure you would just see very limited selling. It would just be a lot of uh, I'm going to work like a monster and not sell anything. And and I'm just you know, it's, he's going to look stiff in the ring. He's looked anything but. I mean, he's not going to be doing 450 splashes off the top rope, but nor should he. But at the same time, he's looking, I think, very, as good as you could expect him to look in the ring is how far Omas has progressed. He's clearly putting in the work behind the scenes in the Performance Center or wherever he's doing this, and it's, it's showing. And not, not just in his maneuvers in the ring, but his, uh, his selling overall, his facial expressions. He's not a polished performer yet, but he is, I think, way ahead of where I thought he would be. I had very low expectations for his in-ring ability just because of his size. So I really enjoyed the steel cage match. Um, now I'm not a big fan of the steel cage match rules, as everyone knows. I mean, I it just, I just think that they're preposterous. That we're supposed to always believe. It's just I'm I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like we yeah. we're always sold this bill of goods that oh well, hey, hey guys, I'm I'm gonna I, I, we're gonna get a steel cage match this week, and that means nobody's gonna be able to interfere. It's 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 hilarious, but it's also insulting to on my intelligence. And it, and it makes interfering since 1955. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's insanity. And like... change through the fence, uh, uh, everything, <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. It, but yeah, hey, go ahead. Hey, Matt, Matt, what about though? AEW or is it world-class? No, it's world-class. It's got this monster, uh, uh, 
guy that they're building up over there. Uh, and then uh, I, I saw another big guy. I have to say of all the new big guys out there that I'm seeing, and I know you don't have a lot of time to, to go around and look at a lot of these guys, but I'm talking about guys seven foot right now of relevance in wrestling. Omos, I think, has the most uh, 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 upside, uh, up, uh, sellability, and re, uh, uh, reality. Uh, but now the, they're bringing these basketball players in. And back in the day, they brought football players in. And all they knew how to do was go boom, boom, knock the hell out of each other. They're bringing these 6'10", 7-foot-tall basketball guys, and these guys know how to move. And if you teach them, if you, you know, you give them a good instructor and time, well, I think we're going to another big guy stage coming up in the next five to ten years. Yeah, I mean, Vince loves himself some big guys. I mean, that, that's been Vince's M.O. since the beginning, and that hasn't changed even at 78 years old or whatever he is. I mean, he is... He is always and has always been, and I think will continue to be until he's in the in the ground, a guy that is enamored with the, the large men, whether it's bodybuilding types or just straight up height. Uh, you know, and that, that I understand why it's marketing, it's all that, and, and you know, the larger than life attitude, all that stuff. I get it. If you're if yeah. if you're in the seventy fifth row, and a guy six ten throws somebody, it looks a lot different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Than a 5'10 guy. Macho Man was great. I mean, Macho Man, awesome. I mean, all-time great. But uh, unfortunately, I have to say, Kevin Nash throwing somebody, if you're sitting in nosebleeds, looks far more impressive. You know you, you, you know what I mean by that. But I'm 6'3", and I used to see the wrestlers come in my bar and – I loved them, but when you saw them come in and they were 5'7 and 5'6 and 5'8, it, it hurt your heart. But when you saw somebody like a, a, a Scott Steiner or, or even Flair at 5'10, 5'11, they were larger than life, man. They just like, they were like spotlights coming in. So, I mean, it, these big guys coming into this, 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 if they can get one guy, one guy to have half the flair of flair, you know, or something like that. They've got a million dollar product, t-shirts and everything else. I got to say, I feel personally attacked. I mean, I'm, I'm five foot eight, right? So like I, I, now I, now I know that my future will never consist of an in-ring, uh, in-ring, uh, career. Let me just say that. Um, (laughs) no, I'm seriously, no, I'm long past that, but, uh, so no, I, I, Matt, Matt, the one time I was knocked out in a ring was by a five foot eight, 230 pound plumber. I'd gone nine fights undefeated and they used to have these things in pka a professional karate association they had these things called a tough guy contest Mm -hmm. in jackson tennessee i beat a guy for half to death for two rounds five foot eight i finally let my guard down he hit me so hard and i don't know if you know like sitting on your hand where your hand goes numb that five foot eight man made my whole body feel like my hand that day and I learned respect for every human being that walks this earth, my friend. Never underestimate anybody that walks down the street. You never 
never know. People look at size and go, oh, you could kick his oh. ass. Or, you know, so I'm like, size, it, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. I don't, it, it's because size is only just the perception that you can fight well. It, it, it oftentimes doesn't mean you, you can because your size can limit you with, with a lot of times speed that doesn't come with that size, which speed, I think, is one of the most important oh. things. Yeah. So. <laughs> 63260 here, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm scared to death of anybody that walks by me. Now, don't, don't put me wrong. Don't take my kindness to weep me. Sure. I will throw you. I've thrown a 175-man <laughs> pound man nine feet. That is, we've, we've done that once and, and I won't even go, that's another show, but uh, I'm just telling you, I'm scared to death of everybody that walks by me. I pay respect. I, I pray my pray every night that the good Lord gives me a chance to wake up in the morning, but you better not underestimate because you don't know who the hell you're dealing with. No idea. No idea. Although I'm sure once you get people with the liquid courage, everybody can fight like, you know, Chuck Norris. I mean, everybody thinks that they... You know, can uh, take on the world as as a, as I'm sure you know. Years, yeah, thirty five years in the bar business. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Everybody's the best fighter in the world when they're drunk. Um, Everybody's got a plan until they get smacked upside the head. I know Tyson said that, but it's the truest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I've been it's, saying it since '77, my friend. Well, there you go. It's the, it's the <laughs> truest thing because it's like, oh well, I would do this and this, and then you get hit in the face, and everything goes out the effing window, and you, it's just you're back from scratch. You're just you don't know what the hell to do. It's that stole, one. It's I stole so that from Tojo Yamamoto. Yep. <laughs> Tojo Yamamoto. He was five foot four. He scared the daylights out of me, and I was seventeen. Six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds at the time, solid muscle. This little Oriental man scared the daylights out of me, but he was a great guy. He was a great guy. God bless his soul. Great wrestler, Tojo Yamamoto. Go look him up. All right. Yeah. No, I, I actually have never heard of him. I really, I really haven't. So, uh, yeah. Right. Well, there you go. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the unification match. The probably the biggest. In cam- in front of the camera story, the storyline that is supposed to be a storyline with uh, the Usos and RK Bro, they built this match seemingly for two months now because it got kicked off of the Backlash show and replaced with the six-man tag with Roman and Drew. But now we finally get it, and we got it this past week on SmackDown a couple of days ago, and we actually got a clean finish. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was going to be a schmoz finish where Roman interferes, and he did interfere, but in a way that caused a DQ and this match to continue to Hell in a Cell. But no, in fact, this match had a winner and a loser that that um, that resulted in a tag team championship unification, and the Usos get the victory and are now the unified tag team champions. So what do you think about this? I'm going to tell you what. My personal opinion, I don't care what anybody thinks. This is some old school writing. I don't know if Pritchard or or I don't know who they have on their creative team now because everything's been moved around. But I'm going to tell you this is some old school writing. They spooled us in. They brought us in that this wasn't going to happen. This wasn't going to happen. It would be just like them having an event somewhere and a wrestler didn't show. So, oop, we got to reschedule. How can we rewrite the line? They pull, I mean, they just, everything. It's like pulling that fish hook out in the water and watching it come through. And you know that the fish is about to bite. So you pull it ahead of time just to, to taunt the fish. And that's what they did to us. And I think it was great. 
I think it was great. I think the match was awesome. I think the Usos, they have proven to me over a period of time, you can say what you want to about everybody else. Right now, these young men are at the top of their game. If you can get in trouble in the WWE and you don't get fired, you're drawing money. That's that's the way I look at it. And, and man, look, the classic ending with Roman, I mean, everything, everything. Uh, and now the flop on the table, uh, do you remember when uh, Riddle uh, went, went on the table and they were about to do that? That was almost as bad as the AEW guy with uh, that used to be with uh, the John Morrison when he was trying to guide uh, Keith Lee onto the table. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but that was the most ridiculous thing I've seen in years. Uh, but uh, 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 Bro getting on that table and, and and kind of being slow about it and letting them go, that was the worst thing I have to say about that match. Then I should shut up. Well, that was that was after the match, to be fair, right? That was that was the post match beatdown. Right. Oh, okay. Okay, you're right. So, you're correct. My bad. My well, bad. I mean, it, it it was still on camera. It still happened, but I guess being technical, it wasn't part of the match. But yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear you there. I mean, to me, that was something I noticed, but it wasn't enough for me to take away from. I oh, think yeah. the, the the bigger picture here of like, okay, the the bloodline now has all the gold minus. I mean, if you're going to count all the gold, meaning U.S. and Intercontinental, I don't I don't think that they're going to capture those. They could, but I don't think so. Uh, so, if you know, they essentially have all the gold beyond those two belts, and now they're at the top of the mountain. And to me, whenever I see this kind of thing happen with any group, when they're at the top of the mountain, guess which way the only way you can go is, right? Like, down. There, there's no other way to go because you have all the gold. So, to me, this could be the apex of the bloodline until we see a slow descent or it could fall off a cliff with the Usos losing the belts and maybe Roman loses his belt or one of his belts or both. They have still haven't told us how they're going to defend that championship. Are they going to defend Roman's championship as a single championship, as two? They said it's a unified championship, yet there's still two belts. I mean, who knows yet? We still haven't got that clarified, but uh, do you think that... Um, with the with the bloodline now having all the gold that they're this is a sign that they've reached the apex and that they're on their they they have only one way to go or do you think that they're going to hang out here for a while oh man if you really look at this this is a promoter's dream because you can go what you have uh uh two sets of tag team titles so you 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 you've got eight belts there and you've got the and and and, and i sure as hell hope i don't do a scott steiner adding uh uh thing but you've got uh roman with two titles uh so they could literally just throw an event here an event here and just throw it out there and give him his time off and then let the Usos build the story up and let everybody else grovel to the top to try to get to him. But one thing I will add uh, on, on what we were talking about, I haven't seen, they haven't used Roman to run out and do the dirty work. And he ran out and did the dirty work for the Usos. I think that was a little different. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of 
happy that they actually added that into his storyline. Now, that's my opinion on that. What do you think on that? And and that's a good point because last week I remember bringing up the fact that for the first time it's as if Roman has taken a bit of a back seat to what's going on since Drew McIntyre is off doing promotional work. I would imagine for Clash at the Castle, which is taking place in the UK for the first time in like thirty years, forty years. Uh, I don't know. Let's talk. Let's talk about that in a second. But please go. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that next. But um, it's yeah. So I I think that having Roman take up a bit a bit of a back seat is a good thing. Not only does it allow fans to take a, a small breather from him every single week with the same formula, uh, where Roman is the star of the show, the entire. The entire show is built around whoever Roman's feuding with. And instead, this tag team title unification match has been something I think the fans have legitimately been looking forward to. And I think it delivered. And, you know, I can't remember a time where, at least in recent memory, I know there's some some good examples out there of evolution. I don't know if you'd call them a tag team or Degeneration X. They, they had kind of the free bird rules at times. But I think that... In recent memory, especially for newer fans, this is the most relevant that the tag titles have been in a long time, and that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a good point. I agree with that totally. Um, and actually, hadn't thought of it that way to tell you the truth. Uh, it has brought revelance uh, back to uh, the tag team uh, uh, belts. Uh, and when I was growing up. Uh, the, uh, it was the same thing. We had a, a stigma. You know, you had good tag teams. You know, they, 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 they you get so much talent in one area, they got to put them together to get all the cards right and, and get, get them out in front of the fans. But you'd had you know, like a group like like you just happened to mention off the cuff, uh, the Freebirds, the fabulous Freebirds. Uh, they, they, were, uh, they were just an enigma uh, to themselves. RK Bro is going into that kind of status to where the Freebirds walked out and everybody held up, which uh, I'm a proud Southerner, but I do not agree with the flag. But anyway, uh, anybody would hold their stuff up. They do all their, 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 their crap. Well, now you've got RK Bro coming out there and maybe you might have some deadheads. Uh, um, or, or maybe some 420, you know, mentions, uh, which is unheard of in wrestling in WWF or, or WWE, excuse me, wrestling five years ago, unheard of. Uh, and, and then for 10 years after Chris Benoit, uh, God bless us all, and I won't even go into that. Uh, but, you know, it was such a touchy subject. So look at what the hell the tag team has started. They've created a whole nother, uh, hey, a whole nother uh, era. Do you think this is the end of the road for RK Bro? I mean, I I still believe that at the Hell in a Cell event, which is just a couple weeks away, that we'll probably see a rematch with these two, maybe inside Hell in a Cell. If if not inside the cell, some kind of some rematch of some sort, I think, a hell in a cell. These two these four men are just too good not to put back together and have them get their rematch. But I think after Hell in a Cell, I would imagine regardless, you're still gonna have RK Bro lose and remain or have the Usos remain the unified tag champions. Do you think this is the beginning of the end of RK Bro? 
Stay right there. The WWE Podcast will return after this quick break. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out the Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Well, I think since they started, it was the beginning of the end. I think they didn't expect this to go. I, my personal opinion, I didn't think they expected this to go like it did, and it has taken on and, and taken off. And uh, I think that if they were writers, they may have had everything set up to one point until Riddle said, 420, we smoked your ass. Well, that is freaking T-shirt sales mm-hmm. and merchandise sales freaking out. So now if you're a writer, all right, just think of this. You've got everything lined up, lined up to a pay-per-view. And then one freaking guy says one word like. What? (laughs) And, and, you know, uh, and and then now we got to rewrite every freaking thing. And we can't break this team up yet. So now we've got to make. Now that is, as I said, that's my opinion because I'm a. A, a business guy, I look at everything on an angle of, of being from my uh, 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 time with wrestlers, uh, old school wrestlers that didn't have these these contracts that they have on, on T-shirts and everything now. And the way it's been explained to me, and I want to do one mention, Matt, if you don't mind. Yeah. Mr. Dutch Mantel, an uh, 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 absolute great wrestler fantastic wrestler and a promoter all through the regions. Uh, he has taught me so much on the inside of wrestling. And he is somebody that I can kind of uh, send a little message to. And when he feels like it, because he's retired, and uh, he don't just automatically answer you. But if he feels like it, he'll tell you his opinion on things. And his opinion, you know what I mean, it, it, it seems to, to ring true. But I will have to say, RK Bro, with these T-shirt sales, this merchandise sales, this could drag on. Hey, look, I hate to say it now. I, I, I mean, I like RK Bro, but I, I make one freaking main example, and that would be uh, Kofi Kingston. <laughs> and and and, and, and I, I will stop there. That that group is all all three of those guys are great wrestlers. Everything great, but those t-shirts sell, and, but, yeah. and you know, and they put on good matches. They, so yeah, they you do. Know. They do, and they have not. I don't think they've had a hotter tag team in. I mean, I really don't know the last time that they've had a team like this. That, like you said, it was not meant to continue. They've been. It was a. It was a. A. Um, 
a pairing that was meant to end, I think, at last year's SummerSlam that all of us Absolutely. thought. And it Absolutely. kept going. It kept going and kept going. And I'm waiting for the RKO to drop or somebody to, to do something, a riddle to turn heel. And they heel. did it. Didn't, 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 uh, I mean, if my memory serves me right, didn't Orton uh, yep. hit him with an RKO at he, the start? And it, like, it, it created that, that doubt. Uh, how long this would last. And then they all went to, uh, at the end of like uh, a weekend in Texas where they played like four cities, they went back and they added up the numbers and they went, hello, RK bro. Yep. <laughs> we love RK bro. It, so, it, it, you know. it, it's right. <laughs> and I do wonder like with your, uh, your, your mention about the 420, we just smoked your ass. Here's the thing with that. I, I think it's going to catch fire, but I, I think that they're, they're trying to do a bit of a test in, from a merchandise and sales perspective. How much momentum does this have? Because you're, you're right. I think it you're will catch, smart. but it's, it's not automatic. Go, right? like, go Matt. Go. Yeah. Go, Matt. It's uh, it's not automatic. I mean, it is one of those things that I don't know if they ahead of time thought that it's gonna that it's gonna be on a T-shirt. I don't think so. It might have been a spur of the moment type of uh, the barometer. Yes, the barometer. They're yep. trying to figure the barometer out on this because you know, it, like anything else, if they think that they can just jump on it and nobody's gonna say anything. They'll die. They'll be freaking kids' toys out there going 420 mm -hmm. and, and, and everything. And look, I actually am uh, um, a, uh, a, a uh, connoisseur. <laughs> a connoisseur. I have Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I could not function day to day that if I did not use mm -hmm. this drug. So I promote it. Uh, uh, well, then let's put it this way. I respectfully promote, and everybody's opinion is their own, and God bless everybody's opinion. I, this is a, a great country that we live in, and we can choose by that. But I am glad that the younger generation, that my generation is not in charge as much anymore, and a younger generation has come in and has created a uh, conversation. And I'll leave it at that. We won't make this into anything like that. But uh, uh, God bless uh, America. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's becoming a I'm in New York State and it took us for a, a long time to legalize it. And it's it's something that is being, I, I think, more and more accepted across the United States. It's being legalized slowly from state to state. So it's not something that's looked at anymore as, oh, it's a big it's a big gateway drug. Oh, it's this and that. It's it's, you know, it's. Of course, you have to respect it for what it is, just like if you abuse anything, cigarettes, alcohol, things that have been around forever. And no matter what you, you know, you use, you need to use it respectfully and understand the power that it has. And yeah, I mean, like just but so tying it back to wrestling, I, I think it has the potential to create much more money than it would have even, say, five years ago because of the acceptance it's gotten over the last just few years from a legal and societal perspective. So yeah, I, I do think that WWE is going to sit back and go, Hmm, okay, let's, let's look at the numbers here. We're ready to break them up and get them ready for SummerSlam. But should we do it from, from a money standpoint, are, are things going to start flooding in? Because 
I saw Randy Orton this week. He had an RK. He had like a, a 420 RK Bro sweatshirt on. Yep. yep. So I'm, I looked. I'm like, okay, they've already marketed that. They've they've already got it on a T-shirt and oh, sweatshirts. Oh, they're going. Yeah, they're going full into it. And and uh, and, and and one uh, one thing. Our, uh what is it? Uh, uh, Van Dam. Uh, back in the day, Van Dam was uh, promoting uh, hemp and doing things, and it got him kind of outlawed in a lot of Rob Van Dam, excuse me, but it got him kind of outlawed in certain areas in the Bible Belt, in the Bible Belt, uh, but uh, uh, until they needed a bad guy, of course. Uh, but anyway, it got him kind of brought, uh, you know, barred in certain areas. And he was a great talent. He was a great talent now. Sometimes he didn't show, but, I mean, he was a great talent. And, uh, and that was the stigma that went along with that uh, back in the day. But anyway, how about them freaking Usos finishing this off and, and winning the freaking championship? And I have to be honest that should have been the ending my opinion that should have been the ending and they should have won it by just like it ended man freaking uh, uh, Roman laying in the side being knocked off the ring kind of smiling and knowing that bloodline is forever I mean that's that's a pretty strong statement, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. I, I have, you know, and I didn't hate the way that the match ended. I thought that it was, it was fine. I, I thought it was, it was good. And I, I'm, you know, I understand what you're saying, and I, I think that there is, there is an element of truth there. But I don't. I wouldn't have probably changed anything only because what they tried and set out to do, they achieved. They got the Usos the belts. The crowd went along with it. That's the most important thing. The crowd was booing this. Uh, the Roman got more heat for being the guy to come in and be the yeah. one to cause the yeah. uh, Usos to win. And also, it made sense because uh, Riddle kneed him in the face the week before. You knew that he was going to get his receipt, and he did. So I think that that really... Well, I, yeah, it, exactly. And there's nothing better than when it's just easy to understand and follow. People love these con. Some people love these convoluted, deep, in-depth spiderweb storylines. I don't. Number one, I don't think they're really capable of it right now in WWE because they can't see the hand in front of their face with a lot of the storylines. I mean, let's just be honest. But I oh, think sometimes preach again, preach again, Matt. I'm it's sorry. true. I preach. mean, for real. I, the problem is, I think. I mean, this is again a whole different podcast, and I'm sure if if you ever talk to Dutch Mantel or whoever, that they could probably give you chapter and verse about this oh. kind of stuff much more than oh. I could. But I, I just think a lot of times simpler is better. And it's not to say the IQ of wrestling fans is any lower than anybody else that watches any other form of entertainment. But when you're watching a TV show, whether you're watching whatever on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, we don't sit there and go, hmm, man, at the end of the day, after working all day for most of us, unless you're retired, you, you, you want to just relax and turn your brain off. And I don't want to have to sit and think too hard. I mean, most of us like that, unless you're reading a book or whatever, like you don't want to have to sit and try to dissect and look and dig and think and go hmm because they're not doing that why should you to me it's just simple easy to understand you can have some depth but don't make it too too difficult where you're booking yourself into a corner and then you can't explain it to your audience so 
I don't know. I, I went on a bit of a rant there, but to me, it, a lot of times simpler is better. Man, I, I hope I haven't totally taken the show off of the point that it was, but I think we are both ranting and we're, uh, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're on the same page, but we're both ranting uh, right now that we're <laughs> pissed off that things could be better. They always can be, though. I mean, there's, there's, there's even during the attitude. Don't era, ask my wife that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same here. Uh, <laughs> I've been married five times, brother, and like Booker T says, five times, five times, five, five times. Time. I'm gonna go. Look, I love my wife. I love my wife, <laughs> and and I love this discussion that we have here tonight because I don't need a divorce off the show. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be your, uh, your excuse for number six, please. No, I, oh, no, no, I, no, 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 no. We were, we, she, <laughs> she is so, uh, into, uh, me getting mullet manor studio going together. And, uh, uh, she actually said, you know, you need to create a name for a show. And I was like, whatever you say, ma'am. <laughs> 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 yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, I've got a history show I'm doing. And if anybody's got some great uh, uh, show names, uh, you're more than welcome to throw them out there. I'd like Memphis Mark somehow included, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> no, no, you, you've it's a very catchy name. I mean, it's it's very uh, it flows. It makes sense. Uh, and I, I yeah, I think Memphis Mark should be in something that you do, like you know, the, with the title of the show with Memphis Mark or something. Memphis Mark hosts. Well, I don't know something. Um, yeah, uh, it's so it's so funny that my wife said, uh, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, let me write this because uh, uh, she is in the other room and she's going to hear this." Uh, but it was wrestling. With the truth, hosted by Memphis Moore. Mm. Mm. I like that. Well, isn't that? Hold on. I think that's. I'm not trying to say you stole this from anything, but I, I I'm looking at. It's hilarious you said that because I, I have the book from Shawn Michaels that he wrote his latest book. I don't know, maybe oh, eight ten know. years ago. Tell me. Tell and me. It, no, I don't know. It's called. Hold on. I think it is wrestling with the truth. I think I'm almost positive. I, I can't oh, see. Oh. Oh. <laughs> somebody oh. i'm fairly sure it's sean michaels uh the, oh, the title of his book okay all right so x nay <laughs> i don't want to mess with sean michaels lawyers i apologize for even <laughs> mentioning his name uh we oh, yeah. uh we here at the wwe podcast want <laughs> no problems with any lawyers uh we are happy to say uh sorry yeah we'll take a pass on that i mean like I, you can double check on that because I can't see it across the room from where I'm at right now. But I'm I'm 95 percent sure it's wrestling with the truth. Uh, hey, my, 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 wife yeah. did, my wife did think of that totally <laughs> on her own, and she had no idea well, of, of of his uh, uh, of his meaning. So hey, maybe you that can compliment her women. if Shawn Michaels came up with it and she came up with it. That's a pretty high uh, pretty high compliment. So oh hey hey. Man, you're making me look good here, brother. Come on, See, keep yeah. talking, young man. Help me, <laughs> help me as an older, uh, going towards sixty year old man, uh, trying to uh, uh, keep a marriage alive. So, uh, well, so you I, got any more tips? I'm, I'm seven years in and uh, two kids that are young, and uh, there's nothing that'll strain a marriage more than that. So I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for tips, right? So uh, to me, giving them out, I'm no, I don't think I'm in any position, right? So. Uh, right. Yeah, young uh, women, kids. Women. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking wrestling. Yeah, here. what the women. hell? All right. Uh, so, 
Clash at the Castle. I know you wanted to talk about this. So what yeah. what are your thoughts on after 30 years, more than 30 years, WWE returning to the UK? Okay, this is my total opinion of this, and I've been preaching this for a little while. People keep wondering. They keep throwing Drew McIntyre out. They keep throwing him in the storyline. Why is he? He's a great wrestler, but why do they keep throwing him in? Well, they were keeping him relevant for the European tour. And man, when he made his first appearance in, uh, it wasn't Wales, it wasn't in the city, I don't believe, I could be wrong, but they sold 18,000 seats the first freaking day he was there. He's on a tour. Every day he's selling, I'm going to modestly say, 10,000 tickets a day. I, I want to speak of this, and this is personally bothering me. I spoke with a, a, another host on our show, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan. He lives in the... Uh, the snobby city of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, uh, and I live in Memphis, Tennessee, the ar- armpit of Tennessee. And, uh, and, uh, and we were talking about possibly getting together and going to a wrestling event. All right, to get the seats that I want. And Matt, please edit this at any time when I go along. But it went to get the seats that I want in Nashville are $7,800. What? $7,800? I, I'm, I'm not a broke man, but I ain't that man. You know? <laughs> I, I, I mean, 70 at StubHub, go check it. I ain't talking, I ain't spitting no freaking uh, 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 shit here. I'm telling truth. I... So I look at Memphis, same seats, Memphis, $5,800. What? All right, this upcoming event in Little Rock, $530 for the badass seats. I'm not paying $500 myself, but $500 in Little Rock. Now, I mean, in a lot of places, it probably costs you five hundred bucks just to get there in gas uh, with the, the prices these days. But I think I, I don't understand when you say badass seats. You're talking. I would imagine third the, row, you're, third you're, row, thir- third row. Oh, you're on, not even on camera, on camera, on camera, third row. No, yeah, those are badass seats. Okay, I mean, but but okay. So for SummerSlam in Nashville, they want seventy eight hundred. In Memphis, they want fifty eight hundred for what? What show is coming there? What show is going it's, to be? It's, it's, I checked. I, 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 here's what I did. I went on Nashville and I checked the seats there. And when I say those seats, if you, if, if any listener wants to check me, I think I'm very low on those seats. Uh, and then Memphis was, I think, the number that I mentioned in Nashville for the next event coming up or either the last one that was here, 
I may be wrong. Please excuse me because uh, I was trying to be very uh, uh, good for all of our listeners and for my one chance on this air. And I wrote so many freaking notes that I don't know where I'm at on those. So, but as far as these prices go, it is absolutely ridiculous that I could drive to Little Rock, Little Rock, and and that's a beautiful city. I ain't got nothing wrong. I got friends all around there. I can go see and go stay, and there ain't nothing wrong. Hot Springs is fabulous, but I can go there for two thousand dollars. I can sit ringside and get a hotel room for two people in Little Rock. But if I go to Nashville, my sister city, an hour and a half, or an hour, or, or, or not even an hour and a half up the road for me, I got to pay a small used car to get a freaking seat. I can't take my family. I can't. Now, I can't. Now, some people can now, but I can't. You know, I think that's ridiculous. I've, and and I, I hate to be go into a, a rant on this, and, and, but to, to, you got to understand my demographic. Memphis to Nashville, two hours, and I'm I'm a little outside of Memphis, so I'm I'm a little less than that. I got to drive two and a half hours for Little Rock. I can save three to five thousand dollars and take my family to an event. I mean. I, I, is this, are, are the Beatles and the Rolling Stones doing a dual concert? I mean, I, like to me, like, that is uh, that's to, to most people, I would think that that is completely unreachable unless, you know, you, you again, there are a lot of people that have the money to do it and they do it and wouldn't think twice. But I think that disqualifies you know, like 98 percent of people that would want to go. Um, me. Yeah, me. that's that's <laughs> I've never even for WrestleMania. Sometimes the prices don't go that high. I've seen WrestleMania tickets that are pretty badass that don't go that high. I mean, I've seen four thousand, five thousand and, you know, like, OK, you know, but seventy eight hundred bucks for a SummerSlam that is not and, guaranteed to be great. Uh, and, and actually, I, I, my wife is, is, is showing a picture to me that it was eighty six hundred. So I can't. Uh, uh, I, I just, I, I'm just putting this out there that I love uh, wrestling. I love wrestling. And I've been involved in one way or the other, being a fan or being a person serving a alcoholic beverage or throwing a wrestler out of a place most of my life. I've been given free tickets and, and, and gotten in events that, and and stood backstage, uh, Eddie Gilbert. It, it just, look, I, there's so many things I could say, but when I planned on trying to take my Mister Casual Wrestling fan said, if you can get some deal on tickets, holler at me. I go check my my broker, and he tells me these prices, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, Maybe I don't need to sit front row. I'm saying maybe five, six rows back. And he was like, that's 17 rows back. And uh, I haven't even contacted Memphis, uh, our, our uh, casual wrestling fan, and let him know that I apologize, that uh, I am totally uh, out of this rim. And, and I think he is in the same boat that I am. 
he would like to take his family mm-hmm. to an event, and uh, that's a, a, a that's just pricing an event out of of people normal people's range, and that is what I'm scared of in wrestling, that they're going to overprice to, to uh, this stuff. Excuse me, uh, to where I can't take four or five. I want to take people that have never been to wrestling or maybe have only gone when they're young. I like to take somebody like that and take them in and say, this is what's about to happen. And maybe I might know a few moves ahead. And I want to introduce them to wrestling. But they're kind of making it hard. Yeah, well, they're making it difficult because the person that's going is going to say, well, how much were these tickets? And you're like, yeah, it was about 5,800 bucks for this ticket. And they're going to say, well, this is the first and last time I'm coming. I'm not going to be able to bring my family. I'm not going to be able to afford to come and bring, you know, my kids to this event. Um, You know, unless, of course, they're up in the cheap seats, which then they're, I mean, much more reasonable. But I I really can't believe, I mean, again, these are resale, though, value. This this isn't, um, you know, face value. These aren't like the, you know, when you buy it from Ticketmaster. Yeah, which is which are all if I if I'm correct, I think those are all like secondhand after somebody's purchased it from Ticketmaster or directly from the arena. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, um, so it's not WWE. I mean, it's uh, it's the the, the fans that are buying venue. these tickets. Venue. Yeah. The venue. Mm-hmm. And and in Memphis, we have a no compete clause, and this is how sad. Uh, uh, we got screwed in Memphis. They built the FedEx form for the Grizzlies, and they said that no act can come in unless we decide that they can come in. So what was smartly done by people like me and you, if we had if we had hit a lottery ticket, Matt, we would have built a arena right outside of Memphis, which people did. And uh, it has made them millionaires because they can play right outside of Memphis. Like the Eagles can play in Memphis, but uh, say ACDC might want to not give the FedEx form all their money and they want the money. So they play in South Haven, which is 30 minutes outside of Memphis. Mm. And wrestling has done that in the past, too. Uh, WWE has come into the FedEx form, but at first FedEx form showed their ass and, uh, WWE went into the Landers center, which is right outside of Memphis and said, pretty much you're going to abide by our rules. And they're one of the few companies that has gotten past that no compete clause. But these arenas, these NBA arenas, NFL arenas, uh, they're going to have to adjust to the WWE over the next few years because WWE is not going anywhere. And uh, this is a draw. And they are are powerful enough to go into a city like Memphis that has only one NBA team or, or, you know, only one professional team. Nashville, you've got tons of them. So Nashville gets overrun uh, uh, by this stuff. But Memphis should be an affordable city, but it's not. But uh, there again, that's my rant for the night, Matt. I'm sorry. 
No, no. Uh, all good information that I know that most of us didn't know about. And I mean, we all know where Nashville is and what it brings to the table. I got to say, being someone that is just outside looking in on the Nashville phenomenon, it's even it's not just WWE and Vegas. It's 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 exploded over the last few years. I don't know what it is. If it's the, 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 I don't know what you call it, the strip, whatever the main area is where all the bars and everything are, I don't know what you call it, never been there yet. But uh, yeah, I, whatever oh, that is, I, I come, come to Nashville. I'm a better, much better host than a, a casual wrestling fan. <laughs> oh, you got called out. All right. Oh, you got called out, casual wrestling fan. Uh, but there is some kind of fascination with it. I, I don't know. I, I'd imagine it's not just country music. I think it's there for, it's a trendy thing, a trendy place to be right now. I mean, I, every time I turn around, I see somebody in Nashville, somebody at a bar in Nashville. It's, I don't know what the attraction is. I'm, I'm not saying it's not a fun place to be, but I just, it's, I don't know what it is. It's like the number one destination I see people going to is Nashville and just to get drunk. Like, you know, so, um, but anyway, uh, so circling back to, to pro wrestling here, uh, as we, as we often go off is, um, you know, we, we talked about a little bit about clash at the castle. Do you have anything else to follow up on clash before we, uh, because we don't even know the, the main event yet. I would imagine Roman Reigns is in that main event probably against Drew McIntyre, but that's speculation. But did you have anything else before we get back to the uh, current product? I just think that they are, 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 are I think that the, the WWE sometimes uh, uh, surpasses uh, the average wrestling fans' uh, knowledge when they are looking at the overall picture. Like, we look at why. Why are they pushing Drew? Or why is Sheamus in this spot? Or is why uh, is Masafa? Or, or just all these different uh, 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 opinions. We just sometimes think, where is that going? And then we see the European tour, and they pack stadiums, and they let. It, it's a whole different show. It's a whole different uh, writing, I think, uh, over there, uh, and they do it smartly to what is uh, popular there. So I think we're getting ready to take the European tour. So it'll change. The writing will change over there. Then it comes back to America and they go to, uh, you know, they dumb it down a little bit, I believe. I hate to say it, but they do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very possible. I think they're looking, I think if I was in the UK that I would be looking at this as like my WrestleMania and, and I think WWE is going to make this a massive event because it is the first time in 30 years. I don't know. Again, the card, I've speculated in the main event, but I don't know. Uh, but if I was a fan over there, I would I would imagine that they are looking at this as an absolute, uh, you know, just this is their WrestleMania because there has been so much so much chatter over the last how many years? I can't even since I've been a wrestling fan. COVID. Uh, COVID. Well, COVID and people have been asking for actual WrestleMania to be overseas right, right. for how long? And to, while right. this isn't WrestleMania, I think a lot of people are, it's kind of like their de facto WrestleMania over there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, 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 and, and, and can you imagine having a product that you are making this amount of money here? And then there is a clamoring audience. Across the water, across the pond, across the pond, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is that is asking for it, and you 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 got to look at it this way. Everybody goes, well, yeah, you can just go over and throw a show. Well, 
the prices now out there on logistics, on on setting everything up, you have to use union workers, and and unfortunately, I have to say, I I, work, I was a union worker worker for years in in the in the setting up stages and stuff, so I got to see the inside of this. Uh, they they can't do anything without uh, union workers, and then uh, especially in Europe, that is so strong, so strong. So it is a major ordeal to set it up. You have to set up your whole show and then you your whole tour, and then you have to go to a, a group of small guys with college degrees in a small room and lay it all out for them. And they tell you if you can do it or not. I mean, ain't that some shit? I mean, yeah. ain't that some stuff? Mm -hmm. You know that that you you set everything up, and it comes down to a few guys in a room that says that, yeah, yeah, you can do it or you can't. That is makes sense. That it's such. There's been, you know, and I've thought about it. I'm like, as a United States citizen, I'm like, I don't really particularly care would i nor would i be offended if they decided to do it overseas in another country but i'm always thinking to myself that there's got to be reasons that they haven't done it is it time zone problems that maybe their main audience or their foundation audience in the united states wouldn't be able to view it while it's live in london or wherever but i, I mean the union problem does make sense much more sense it's probably a much more costly like you just said one of the reasons in a foreign or national uh, international country to promote the show to get those workers to fly everybody there everything is more expensive to bring it over there and they have to decide for themselves if it's worth the bang for their buck and i guess that they've decided it is for uh, at least the uh, one time here so all right uh let's uh let's continue on though. i want to ask you a little bit more about what's going on in wwe that uh, we haven't discussed yet and looking at things here i mean we, ha we talked a little bit about the women's division but in raw we have oscar after the whole dilemma with sasha and naomi that they talked about they're not in the six-pack challenge but then at the main event of raw we get sasha or rather uh, we get oscar and becky lynch in a one-on-one -on -one match that i thought was really good that uh that person if whoever wins would get an opportunity at Bianca Belair for her Raw Women's Championship, Asuka ends up getting the victory after the green mist. But it was only because that uh, Becky Lynch was about to use her umbrella. And uh, so anyway, Asuka gets the victory and is going to face Bianca Belair at the uh, at the pay-per-view. So what do you take? What's your take on kind of just the Raw Women's vision as a whole, though? Well, I will say this much as a personal opinion from my family i want to to get becky lynch a good old bologna and ham sandwich i think she needs a little weight on it uh but that's just a southerner in me but uh oscar is such a freaking amazing talent and i'm not sure of of what of the welcome to the of her vocal skills being far better than she puts on, and if they are, and they haven't let her be that way, shame on the WWE, but oh, that's another show. Uh, but Asuka is an amazing talent, and it's kind of like Shisuke. Uh, 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 I don't know if these guys know how to use Japanese talent. These guys are charismatic. I mean, they're charismatic. They're 
they're they're fantastic. They sell T-shirts. They they freaking have little girls and boys uh, screaming and hollering for them. They're everything, but somehow the writing just doesn't work out for them. And in AEW, Matt, I don't know how much time you get to to watch them, but they're doing a far better job. Uh, They just brought this young kid in uh, that I knew nothing about until I saw his match and did some research. And I don't know his name, so I won't uh, uh, try to pronounce it. Uh, But he did a hell of a match, did a hell of a show, and they promoted it in ring. I just think WWE is dropping the ball on that. Well, I think WWE's had a history of not knowing what to do with their Japanese stars. I mean, the Shinsuke Nakamura debacle, I mean, he was Intercontinental Champion for six months, and they ignored him as Intercontinental Champion. Like, they didn't do anything with him at all. Uh, I mean, it, it was to the point where it was, I mean, I think it actually hurt the Intercontinental Championship itself, not just Shinsuke. Agree. No no blame on Shinsuke at all. The, the, all the blame on that falls on, on WWE creative Vince, who have just decided that for whatever reason, they hid the Intercontinental Champions with, Championship with Shinsuke, and then they just had him go, you know, in hibernation for six months, and it made no sense. You could say the same thing for Asuka a year prior when she was Raw Women's Champion, and they I mean, I, it had to have been six to eight months. I'm, I mean, that's no exaggeration where she just was not defending the belt or not on Raw or whatever. I think it was just prior to COVID. They did almost nothing with her, and it was absolutely just atrocious the way that they you know, handled her. Now, was it a coincidence both are Japanese stars? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I think there's something there. But having them not maybe give us the full ability of the English language, which I speculated too, that it's, it seems like they probably know more. People have told me that they do live streams on Instagram or whatever, and they can speak better English, and they, particularly Asuka, knows more English than she's letting on on, on camera, which I think is a bad thing to do. If you're not going like, to... Why would you not want to be able to communicate with your audience? Now, Asuka inside the ring, world-class talent. She has a gimmick that is... No one quite knows what it is, but she She's a she's a walking cartoon character that it's kind of a deodorant for not really understanding what she is like. No one could explain what Asuka is, but she's so charismatic and and she's a walking cartoon character with her facial expressions, everything else that it's it it works because she just your eyes are glued to the TV screen because she's so just completely rambunctious. Like she's just just so out there and with her movements and everything else. But. I just don't understand if she can speak better English. Why would you not want to have her showcase that on on screen beyond the, 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 the few words that she is allowed to say, which is you aren't ready for Asuka. It's it, she, the, beyond. You know, she knows more than that. Um, and so I would shame on WWE if they do know and they just decided to not utilize that. But um, as far as the Raw Women's Division goes, I mean, I, I have uh, my concerns about Bianca Belair's run right now. I think she's an extraordinary talent, but she's been kind of quiet lately. Um, I, I think Becky Lynch in her haircut has and really is uh, doing extraordinary work. She seems to know when to change her character. I think she she knows she needs when. Yes, yeah, she, she she needs a Sam. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so I'll stop there. But overall, I think that you know, right now Bianca Belair probably isn't going to drop that championship at the Hell in a Cell event. I, I very much doubt it. But I could also see this being turned into some kind of triple threat with Be- uh, Becky Lynch 
and Oscar uh, uh, challenging Sasha or Sasha Banks. I keep wanting to say Sasha uh, with Bianca Belair. So I, yeah. I am that to me would be a world class uh, triple threat of main event for sure with those three women. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're world class, but I mean, they're just not using the Japanese talent the the way they should. And and I hate to put it as a a narrative like that, but I mean, I'm looking at AEW and I'm looking at at what WWE is doing now. And I, I, I have to say, I disagree with, uh, with WWE, but I'm also sitting at Mullet Manor uh, in a humble home, and they're sitting in big palatial mansions. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we're, we're and that's the thing, right? Like, no matter what we comment on or what we have an opinion on, it's always from a, a kind of a um, a very high level view where we're always on the outside looking in and i saw i saw a hashtag trending today of i stand with sasha and naomi and i'm thinking to myself well why like just because is it your assumptions that are are drawing you to that it has to be assumptions that they did no wrong it was all the evil wwe and vince mcmahon and there are I, i would imagine just like with any situation, whether it's a divorce, a breakup, just you know, somebody quitting their job, which is kind of what we saw with Sasha and Naomi, even though they're just indefinitely suspended. There's oh, one hell of a creative line. There's always a, there's never there's very rarely, I should say, a clear cut good guy and a bad guy. There's usually blame to give on both sides. Oh, so oh, yes, sir. people yes, that sir. are saying I stand with Sasha and Naomi and they just oh, blindly yeah. say this. Well, we don't know the full story. We're just all we see are the events that led to the walkout that led to this moment, to this event. We don't know. What if they were? I mean, no, I don't think that they were. But what if they were doing things they shouldn't be doing or they were they were not maybe not no showing, but they were having a bad attitude showing up to work or I mean, who knows? So to me. I, I before I start, you know, joining any kind of movement, I always remember that there's never a clear cut good guy and bad guy, and, and uh, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, we're going to create the Matt and Mark movement uh, <laughs> to where uh, uh, we 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 don't go uh, where we're against total walkouts, and uh, we're also uh, pro ice cream. Yes, I, I am very pro ice cream. My son would agree. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, yes, yes, yes. I use ice cream as a bargaining chip for a lot of things that I want him to do. Let me just say, uh, yeah, Mark I, man, I, <laughs> Mark man. It's a, it is a, it's a currency in my home. So uh, yes, definitely, I, I would agree with that, especially during the summer months. And uh, but all right, let's continue on with just a couple of more things here. Well, actually, you know what? I know you said you had a whole bunch of notes, so I don't want to let your notes that you took go unread or, or you know, the effort you put into oh, to doing that. So oh, you go ahead. If you want to choose something that you want to discuss that happened in WWE over the last week, that I mean, the floor is yours if you want to take that road. I, I just don't want to not utilize the effort that you put in uh, for the show. So uh, I guess for this one, I'll toss it to you. Oh, Matt, Matt, you're being brave. Are you ready for this? <laughs> oh, God. Should I have done this? Go ahead. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll throw this one out there to you. Uh, Corbin. Mm. 
Corbin could be a great wrestler. He could be a great promoter's dream. But when you listen to his interviews, they just, they're so scripted. He doesn't have the, the ump, the, 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 his mas in his, in his interviews. They just seem so scripted, but with his body, his, uh, his, uh, a ring ability, uh, he could be something, even put a manager with him and, and build him up. But that, you know, personally, I think that's a freaking waste. Uh, uh, new day, new day. Look, I, I do not, how can I put this in a polite way? New day is successful and they have been around because they have been successful. And I understand from talking, uh, when I do try to reach out to a few of the guys, nobody has anything bad to say about these guys. They are the ultimate, easy to work with, uh, uh, whatever you throw at them, uh, they can figure something out and make it that that great. And and I think sometimes we all jump on them uh, uh, harshly, Uh, and me being the main one. Uh, and they are great uh, in-ring talents, and uh, and maybe we are because they're being shoved on us so much uh, that we we take that into uh, a little bit uh, too much, uh, or whatever. And man, we had mentioned what about the heel turn when it does happen with RK Bro? How do you think it's going to happen? Hmm. I'll answer your last question first. How does the heel turn happen? I think the smart money is on Orton turning heel for the 1800th time. Uh, I, I, that's the smart. But, but, I, yep. I'm i going to go with, if I was booking this, this, I'm just going with what I think WWE is going to do. I think they're going to probably do the safe uh, Randy Orton heel turn again. But I would book it where Riddle turns heel. And just he becomes this guy that is realizing that he feels he was in the shadow of Orton, that he was the guy that was he, he didn't he couldn't breathe when Orton was around because he felt so suffocated by his presence and all of you. I mean, like there's a bunch of ways to go because we've seen the Orton heel turn so many times over his 20 year career. I mean, it works. He's great at being a heel and Orton loves being a heel. That's well documented, but the more fun way to go is riddle, riddle turning heel. And I think ultimately that would make him a bigger star. And I think most fans, would be more interested in that road because we've never traveled that road yet. We've just we've been down the Randy Orton heel turn road many times. There's a lot of tire tracks in that road. We've seen it. We've been there. It's fine. We it's a fine road to go, but you know what you're gonna get. So uh, so that before I get to your your other point though about um, uh, and Riddle yeah. is a legit badass. Yes, Riddle is. Yes, he is. That's also and he's an excellent worker. I mean the guy. He's so good in the ring. I mean, he's not Ric Flair or you know Ricky Steamboat yet, but he is a guy that right. he's got a endless gas tank, 
the guy's cardio, I mean, it's it's otherworldly, the guy's cardio. So, you know, props to him there. Uh, and I really have nothing bad to say in ring. On the microphone, he's kind of, he's got the natural stoner kind of uh, getting it, vibe. Getting it. And, and, and that's fine, but I think he could turn it up a notch and just turn on the crowd and make it a way that's so unlikable that you just want to see Orton hit an RKO and just you know, punt his head off. I, I think that's a much better way to do this once they finally drop the hammer on this team. And I think they will. Every tag team that has ever been created, for the most part, is always designed to fail, to create single stars, as most factions Absolutely. are. That's the whole point of that. So with New Day, going back to your final point, and I'll toss it to you, Look, I don't. I believe that nobody has any anything bad to say about those guys because they seem like genuinely nice guys, family men, all that, and that's great. And I do believe that as a as human beings, they are fine. They're they're, they're really good human beings. They're, and I believe everything you're saying, and I believe everybody that's telling you these things. But it's just the on air stuff that it's 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 beyond stale. It's like a moldy piece of bread. It's it's not even stale anymore. It's it, to me, it's just I don't understand the need to continue to trudge these guys out there. I think it's. I think it's the fans who, for whatever reason, continue to cheer for them. I mean, I blame the fans as much as I blame creative <laughs> because if the, if, the, if the fans started yes, booing it or just not reacting, I think WWE would have to force their hand into doing something about it. But people keep, keep cheering them and the kids and the, and the girls keep, you know, they hear that uh, they hear that New Day music and it's like a Pavlovian response. They just start. Yay. It's like, no, stop. You're you're part of the reason this is still going on. So I, I would just love to see somebody turn from that group. I, I mean, I, honestly, I, I would. I think Xavier Woods could be a breakout star. Kofi Kingston, I think, has had, kind of had his time. Yeah. I think Xavier Woods would be a fun uh, breakout heel if he wants to turn. All right. Uh, my next point I wanted to bring up is watering down the brands. All right. If you're going to have two brands, now, I'm not talking about the innovation, uh, unification title, and I, I'm not downplaying that at all. But if you're going to have two brands, let's have two brands. You're trying to create two different promotions, typically, or, or you know, somewhat, so you can have two different draws, two different cities you can go into. You, it just, you're, you're, that's my opinion of what they should be doing. Now, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, uh, and, and maybe, I mean, I'm not that smart. But my, I want to know what your opinion is on the watering the brand down. Well, I, I have been very vocal about this, that, you know, at first I was getting super annoyed. And then week after week of them violating their own brand rules, which they they do every time that there's a draft. I mean, let's be honest. They, they can't help themselves within weeks. There's somebody on another brand that shouldn't be there. And they, they, sometimes they don't even address why they're just there and we're supposed to accept it. Uh, and I, you know, I, it was one a big sticking point with me and over, the, I think they just wore me down. Like, I think it was a war of attrition with people like me that I actually care and people like you that care about them trying that that should adhere to their own damn rules of having a brand split. It's it's like they want to have, have their cake and eat it, too. They want a brand split when it's convenient. But when they need extra help on a brand that doesn't have that star power there that week or somebody's out injured. 
they want to bring somebody over and it's convenient for the story. Well, that's too damn bad. You either have a brand split or you don't. Don't tell me you have a brand split and then have people on the show that have no business being there. No, The announcers don't even say anything about the, the fact that, wait, they're from Raw. Why are they here? They don't even do that anymore. They're just there. We're supposed to not ask questions and accept it. Uh, it's gotten to that point because they tried the wild card rule. They tried the quarterly invitational. They tried all this nonsense, but they knew that if they did that, they'd have to eventually violate those rules because they want to they want to. Uh, they wanted those people to come over more than four times a year or not be strangle held to a wild card rule that they knew they weren't going to be able to follow. Now they just, they don't even bother because they know if they put something into place that they're just going to have to violate that rule that is already violating the rule of having a draft. It's like a violation of a violation and they don't even bother. They just say, Hey, we have a brand split, LOL kind of in quotes. We have a brand split. They don't, it's dead. Um, now, they're not going to have full integration, but they're bringing people over on a weekly basis that have no business being there, no explanations, and I hate it. I understand it provides sometimes better storylines, and I understand it provides better qual- quality matches from a wrestling perspective. I understand that, and they ha- they are beholden to ratings and contracts that probably have rating provisions in them. All I, I understand that from a business, pr- a business perspective. But as a fan that cares about this, because I understand the massive benefits of really making sure you are strict in your brand rules and making sure you follow them, that I am a huge proponent of actually doing that because having two worlds of wrestling, it makes it. It, it it allows your brain to go, wow, imagine if this person were to face this person. It allows you to Thank create you. two separate worlds and create fantasy matchups and make it feel special rather than all of a sudden, oh, Royal Rumble, it's Royal Rumble season. Anybody can go anywhere. Oh, it's Survivor Series. It's the only time uh, once a year that SmackDown and Raw go head to head, which is a bunch of nonsense. They have those special events in Saudi Arabia. There's WrestleMania. Like it happens. Yeah. It's I'm done. You You, you go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Look, yes, okay. All right, one more thing I did want to bring up is, uh, you know, everybody's having a hard time finding employees now. My my friends in the restaurant business are having a hard time getting employees. Uh, They're paying top wages, but they can't get employees. But the WWE has got a, a, a plethora of uh, uh, employees in one family. And people wonder why some people get away with something. But imagine this. If you had one family that you had the world champion, the tag team champions, and the best upcoming young wrestler other than Braun Strowman, and and, and please, excuse me, I know I'm, I'm not mentioning a few NXT talents, but you get what I'm mentioning. They're all coming from one family. How the hell do you throw one out? You know what I mean? The main guy is your your moneymaker. So they kind of painted themselves into a corner. Yeah, they have. I mean, it is. they're eventually going to hit a brick wall, you'd imagine. I mean, you'd imagine that they will, if if all their talent's coming from NXT, but all that talent is coming from independence and coming from, you know, TNA. And also, you know, some come back to a, from AEW to WWE to my knowledge, there's only been one person that has gone 
the uh, travel the road of AEW back to WWE, and that, of course, is Cody Rhodes. We haven't even mentioned Cody Rhodes at all this uh, the, the, our entire conversation yet, and maybe I'll ask that next. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think eventually they're going to hit a brick wall. I, I you know, I, I do believe that it won't look like they are. They won't tell you that they have, but the the product will tell you. the The quality of the product will tell you. Absolutely. So and yeah. And as far as Cody Rhodes, you were bringing Cody up. Um, I, I have, you know, have notoriously been on his bad side. And I came out a week ago and said that I didn't know what it was like to have a father like that. And, and you commented on that. And we, we, we've taken that road. But his cell uh, for the Hell in the Cell match, uh, I think, was a little overworded. And he purposely tried to use uh, uh, $17 words when $5 words would have been sufficient. But I think he's overcoming maybe his uh, his speech impediment and trying to use bigger words. And I wish he wouldn't do that because it is what it is. I mean, it is. Uh, but I think his he tried to do old school classic. And I think he did about as best as you can do. In, uh, in my opinion, uh, as I said, I did just didn't like him using them $17 words that I had to Google. It's so funny you, you say that because to me, and, and I didn't watch AEW religiously. Everybody knows that. But I, um, from what I understand, towards the end of his AEW run, people started to turn on him. And part of that reason people believe is because of his promos and the words he would use that it would almost, and it wasn't meant to be, but it was almost perceived by people as uh, kind of speaking down to them. And I know more than you and I'm, I'm more well read and I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you and somehow incorporate all the words I read in a book when I could just say, you know, be straightforward, but not nah, all you, like you said, a $17 word when it, it could be a, a $3, $4 word. And, and it, I think he's got some of that vibe still uh, in WWE where I, I, I like Cody Rhodes. I recognize the talent. The speech impediment is what it is. I, to me, I'm again, it's, it, it, it's distracting. It's just objectively distracting. No, I don't think it kills his character, nor do I think it totally destroys his promos. But it's distracting because it's not a common thing to have as an adult. It's just not. I mean, that's just a fact. It's not making fun of it. It's not anything. But I think a speech impediment um, does it does take a little bit away from his promos because sometimes I'm focusing on that when I should be listening to the content of his promo. That's just sometimes how it works for me. But you're, or um, my point about the whole uh, the, the using the bigger words when you don't have to is that it's, I think, going to eventually wear thin on fans where that's what a lot of heels do. And he's not a heel right now and coming out with the, you know, $80,000 suit and, and, and trying to, (laughs) that also doesn't help because it's all, it's kind of like this guy that is, um, he's got a bunch of money and non-relatable yeah yeah that's exactly what it is he's and he's not it's weird because he's trying to be relatable and and fans recognize his talent and they understand his dad which i I would actually stop talking about his dad we all know dusty but i think the more you mention him the more that the the, that cody's gonna not be able to carve his own path i I would just stop with the dusty references stop talking about it is he pricing himself out of the market yeah (laughs) it could be yeah i mean 
you dusty Rhodes is one of the greatest of all time you you don't want it that's, that's the thing that people don't realize is just like with charlotte flair who you have this person this uh this legend of the business there that's your father that gets you into the business and great that's the massive advantages they get you into the business but the problem is the even bigger problem that may not be enough to balance out the fact that you were able to get into the business much easier is that people are going to compare you to that person people are going to compare you forever <laughs> to that legend in the business fairly or unfairly it's going to happen with charlotte she i think she still sometimes has the rick flair stench to her and i don't mean that in a bad way but she's forever going to be compared to rick flair same with cody he will forever be compared to his father dusty and and so that's the bad side is that people are going to look at you and go but is he as good as his dad and you know that's a that's not a good thing i don't think if you're comparing yourself to that level of a talent but um, my final point on Cody, I'll toss it back to you uh, for uh, anything else, is, uh, yeah, Cody, I think at times, and whether he knows it or not, he's maybe not be self-aware, but the big words he uses, he's trying to sound intelligent, but I think it comes off as, I'm going to use big words to impress you. It's like, no, dude, like, stop. Just use plain language and stop trying to act like you're more intelligent than you are by coming up with this like word bank and walking around with a, a thesaurus. And I, I, I'd imagine that's what he does in his show or before his promo. He, he sees the promo that creative you know writes for him, and he's like, "Well, what, can I substitute this word for a more intelligent word?" Oh, it's it's oh, like he's googling it. it before the match. You, you know it. what I mean? Yeah, you hit it, and 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 look, man, he has to remember. He's the grandson of a plumber. Mm-hmm. You got to remember, uh, uh, Dusty, uh, all the, the great promos, it was because he was digging ditches and he was he was the every man's man, you know. And even when they rebranded him, they even freaking, you know, they, they used that, that, that freaking uh, reference. He was the every man's man kind of person. But Cody... I see as a as a wannabe kind of Ric Flair. Um, you know, I, I don't want to talk bad about Cody. I really want him to succeed. And, and he is very held on to his creative rights and his song and, and, and his interest music, I mean, and, and everything. He is held on to his creative rights and he's holding on to, he's building his brand and maybe I am too old to understand it. Uh, and, and, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not looking past that. Maybe I'm too old to understand what he's going after. But I'm a classic wrestling fan. And if to tell you the truth, Matt, I think Charlotte's done better at, 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 at carrying on the legacy than, than, than Dustin so far. Oh, oh yeah. In my opinion. Oh, no doubt. I mean, the report card, if you put them side by side, I think Charlotte, Charlotte Flair is uh, leaps and bounds ahead of them. And, uh, you know, yeah, look, I think that uh, Cody Rhodes is a guy that he's almost the antithesis of his, you know, of Dusty, because like you said, he's the every man's man. He's the common man. A lot of people obviously can relate with the common man, common woman, the person that you uh, see yourself. I, I, I don't know. Matt, and, I don't own a suit like he does. Though. No. 
No, it doesn't always have. Sometimes he has like a. I feel like he's wearing a pocket watch half the time. Like who the hell is wearing? Yeah. Who the f is wearing a pocket watch? Stop. I, I mean, honestly, he's the antithesis of what his father was built on, which is the common man. He's the opposite of that right now in some respects. So I don't know. I, again, Cody Rhodes, excellent talent. He is. He's a smart guy. He's very good in the ring. I have nothing to bad about to say about that. It's just his his character. I think is in a place that he doesn't realize it's in where it's just it's heelish when it doesn't want it to be so i guess if he wants to turn heel boy that'd be pretty easy to do i mean i i gotta be gotta gotta be that's gotta be his future right i I would imagine although he said his he's had his mission statement of trying to become wwe world champion which he you know he said his father never did which is kind of not true and true at the same time i'm sure you know the dusty history about world titles um but I don't think that you know you have a mission statement like that, and you have one champion of right now with Roman Reigns being unified champion. Right, I would imagine they're going to keep him babyface until he eventually has that matchup. I, I hope. I don't know if he's going to be the one to take it off Roman. He he could be being groomed to do that. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm afraid that you might be right there, Matt. And and you were talking about uh, look. Uh, uh, everybody thought that Hulk Hogan was the first person to slam Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. That's not true either. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how this works out in the future. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, well, did you have anything else in those notes that you want to discuss before we wrap things up? Man, I think that we have uh, covered everything other than, uh, uh, can I do a couple personal? Absolutely. Uh, I want to say get well to DJ Kuzman. Uh, 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 definitely uh, go through the rehab, uh, but I've gone through rehab and, uh, don't cuss them too bad because they are going to end up being your friends. Um, uh, the, uh, I will not, I absolutely refuse to use the word premium programming. Uh, it is pay-per-view for me. I'm sticking with my history. Uh, and other than that, my friend, uh, I want to say to the farmer, uh, my friend, an ex-employee uh, and co-worker, uh, Matt Gross, uh, uh, chill out on the peppers, man. Chill out. Uh, you're going to burn yourself up. You're going to burn. What, what, do you, what do you do? You burn your esophagus up when you eat these peppers like that, man? You, you can't do that, brother. Uh, but I love you. Uh, other than that, man, I'm done, and I very, very much appreciate uh, this time. And Mullet Manor Studio will be developed over the next few weeks, and we'll be coming back stronger than ever. Awesome. Well, it's, that, that to me is uh, it's important. And, and, guys, maybe we'll set up a GoFundMe for him, right? like Mullet Manor uh, Podcast Studio or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's very cool. We will be definitely in touch again. I, I always enjoy our conversations because it's, uh, it's, I gotta say, and I'm not saying you're old. I, I, I'm not saying that just, I'm old. I'm old. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's okay. I'm only about 20 years, you know, younger than you. I'm not far away. So, I mean, to call you old would be a referendum on myself. I'm actually not afraid of being called old. Some people, for whatever reason, like, I mean, you know, when you, when you get older, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you, but just as a whole, I think society is afraid of aging. It's like they're, they're looking at age as some kind of disease when in reality oh, no. you don't you know what i mean though like when you when you get uh, older I, I, enjoy, I don't know so 
I, I enjoy, look, I am, I'm 56 years old, but I had spent 35, close to 40 years in the bar business. So I, I consider that like dog years. So actually I'm 197 years old. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, and, and that's just what I'm going to go by, but I embrace every mm -hmm. day. I live mullet manor. I live on a, a beautiful retirement home, uh, not a big home, nothing fancy, but the whole back of my house is glass and it looks out over a, a small little peak, too small to be a lake, too big to be a pond. And uh, that's what we call Mullet Manor. And every day I'm grateful to the good Lord that I'm breathing and I'm so happy to be able to communicate with some of these wrestling fans out here and find people like-minded like myself and uh and enjoy conversation intelligent talk and i never get too old for this my friend well you're giving me hope because when i'm 60 in in a couple of decades i hope i'm still like where you are in terms of just having a passion for the business even though it'll it evolves and changes and ever you know everybody says oh it's not like when i grew up and i'll be saying the same thing like i mean every everybody has their own standard of when they grew up it was the best wrestling it's just i can't i think part nostalgia maybe there's some truth to it but my point is i hope that you know when i'm at that age may hell maybe this podcast will still exist i hope it does but i'll be uh i'll still be doing this and, and i'll still have a passion for it and hey if you're still around you'll be 80 ish I'll be 60. That'd be a hell of a conversation. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That, that would be an interesting conversation. We, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start us a, a show, uh, Wrestling with the Truth, uh, hosted by Memphis Mark, and we'll do history yeah. eventually one of these days. But I tell you what, Matt, it's appreciative on, on, on my age group that there are some people uh, like you in your age group. And uh, there, you've got some great fans out there and other people that comment that actually appreciate the history, mm -hmm. where it came from, because everything that they're doing now has somewhat of a root of what I saw when I was a kid. So everything, it, it's kind of like bell-bottom jeans. When I, I wore bell-bottom jeans when I was young, and they went out of style. My mother cut them to, uh, to straight leg jeans. If I had them bell bottom jeans today, Matt, I would be a rich man, sir. So uh, you don't, uh, don't uh, 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 forget your past and embrace your future. I like that. That's a good way to end this. Positive and uplifting. And I think we need a lot of that today, which is. Uh, in short supply, let me just say that as you know, it's uh, it's it's crazy. So, I really appreciate it, Mark. You know, I I would uh, definitely be talking to you soon. We'll have to get together at some point in the near future for another round of our week in review, and uh, I'm sure I'll be listening, looking forward to it, and the listeners will be as well. So, I really appreciate you coming on tonight, Matt. I enjoyed this tremendously, and uh, I'll I'll be talking to you again, mm -hmm. and I've got some few things. Uh, uh, working that I want to throw at you, and I know you got a hell of a job tonight editing and cutting out my mishaps. Uh, but uh, I thank you. No, thank you, and uh, maybe I'll hear from you in the mailbag if you uh, throw, throw a voicemail in there. So, yeah, right. Like I'm not going. To. Yeah, I know. I'm saying that as if it's an if. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Well, thanks so much, buddy. I'll be talking to you soon. All right, uh, everybody, have a great night, and remember to spay and neuter. I'm out. There it is. Good night, Mark.
Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time. 